You're in for a treat this morning. Uh, Brother Alonzo is going to speak for us this morning. Uh, I've given him an open invitation. Anytime he is in town and he comes to church, he better figure on preaching. So, anyways, he's in town. He's going to preach. Amen. But, you know, we've known Brother Alonzo. He's been a member of this church, him and Sister Barbara, for years. And then God moved him down to Laughlin. Uh, I hated to see him go, but God's got to work down in Laughlin. Uh, There's lots of folks that need the gospel. Of course, God's got to work in the whole world, doesn't he? Because there's a whole world that needs to hear the gospel. But uh, again, it's my privilege and honor to introduce him. You know him well, Lone Mountain. Him and Sister Barbara, we love him. We appreciate him. And uh, please, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and the free pardon of sin, listen to the man of God and allow the Holy Spirit to deal with your heart. And then when the invitation is given, be willing to step out and respond to the Lord's call. Amen. So without further ado, brother, if you'd come. I appreciate you, preacher. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Vance. We give God praise and all the glory today for being here. And I thank God for this church and thank God for letting us be a member here. It's really a sound church. A lot of people, I go speak all across the country. And a lot of people, I was speaking at the city on Thursday. And, I, and everybody that I was trying to figure what going to take away the homeless, the drugs, and stuff, all the stuff that's going on. And, and every time I go, they always allow me to get up and speak. So uh, and, uh, I shared the message that I've been a member here for about 20 years. And this is my church. A lot of church, and I said, this is a, tell you what the, what is the Baptist, uh, uh, American Baptist Association. And I'm telling that, the city that, what the church do, produce families. And that's the backbone of the country. Amen. The greatest job in America is the poor pit. That's the greatest job. And I said, this is the covenant of the church. I read these over some when I, I got them when I first come here. I read them over. I read the state, the doctrine statement. The reason I do it, because there's so much falsehood, heresy out there. So much stuff out there will get you entangled up. You know, and I want to Keep this always to read it. Wherever I go, American Baptists go with me. The covenant of the church go with me. And I, I, I keep it. I don't want to waver from this. I don't want to stray from it. Because it's sound. It's produced cheering. It, it produced sound families. And I love it. And I thank God for it. And I've been a blessing. My family and I, I had, since I've been here, I had four children in uh, Georgia to get baptized and got saved. Five children here. 
So God has blessed many of our family to come to know Jesus Christ. But I'd like to read today. Uh, I got my grandson here with me. He, he got saved right here in the church, and he got baptized right back there in that pool, <laughs> in that baptism pool. So he's here with me today. And he loves the Lord. Everywhere he go, he take that old Bible with him. <laughs> uh, if you have your Bible, turn to the uh, Gospel of Luke. Luke was the only physician that I read about in the Bible. He was a physician. So in the Gospel of Luke, if you are, uh, I'm just going to be going down scripture, but it said, Then draw now unto him all the publican and sinners for to hear him. All the publican and sinners Grow now unto Jesus to hear him. All of them, they grow now to hear Jesus. Jesus had a different message. His message was different. You know, Jesus gave the whole counsel of God, like Paul did. Now, praise God for our pastor. He preached the word, but he gave the whole counsel. And you got other pastors here. They give the whole counsel of the word of God. They don't waver from it. And this word, when it's preached, is supernatural. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. Even if we're Christian, we stray. The Holy Spirit will convict us. It will bring us back. And when they grow now, to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we kind of stray away from sinners. That person is on drugs. That person is an alcoholic. That family is messed up. But Jesus, he went to it, the sinners. That's what we need to go. Go where the sinners are. In all four of the gospel, the last chapter, in our form, it's a goal. And we are to go and proclaim the gospel. Don't let nobody tell you, it's only one gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. It ain't no two gospels. It's only one. And Jesus preached to these sinners. To these sinners. And I'm going to tell you, church, it's going out, witnessing and preaching to people. Last month I was sharing with the pastor, we gave out 6,420 meals. We gave out. We gave out 150 sandwiches back lunch today. We had eight people to come to Christ. We gave out sock, uh, personal hygiene, clothing. We give it out. On a daily basis, we give out the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we got to do it with very simplicity. We don't try to make it difficult for people. We do it for the elder here, for the young people here. We try to bring it home. 
And that's what Jesus did. He gave out the wood. He was a wood. But he gave it out very clear for people to hear the word of God. And I'm going to tell you, this God, this gospel, we hear the gospel, hear the word of God, hear that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Let me tell you, there's no gospel without the blood. This gospel is bloody. It's different than any other book. This is a blood, bloody gospel. He gave out the gospel. The Bible said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. See, Jesus, when Jesus preached to God, he preached to the heart, to the heart of man. The Bible said the heart is deceitful above all other things. This life of wicked, who can know his own heart? That's what Jesus came. I don't care what a person going through, what a person been through. The gospel can change a person's life. He can change a person's life. We give our Christ. We witness at Walmart on the parking lot. Whenever we leave home, we we going to the doctor. We going to the dentist. We going to the grocery store. We going out as a witness. As a missionary, feel out there. It's for all of us to share the gospel. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt. When I was growing up, my father had about 40 cattle. And every, and every so often, he had to get some salt and give to the cattle. You know why they, he would give the salt to him? The salt will make them uh, thirsty for grass, for water. And, they, and the cow, cow will give milk. When we got salt in our life, it make us thirsty for the wood, for the lost, to reach the lost world for Jesus Christ. It make us thirsty to reach them for Jesus Christ. The Bible said, and the Pharisee and scribe, one believed in the resurrection, one did not. It's saying, this man received seven and eat with them. This man, Jesus, Jesus Christ was humbling himself. Jesus didn't have no place to lay his head. He went from place to place to eat. He traveled from the place I read once from where he was born. He went 100 miles from the place he was born. He had to go on Duncan or he had to walk. Jesus did. He was homeless. He didn't have no place to lay his head. The Bible said, when we do it to the least of these, my brethren, to the least of these, he said, do it to me. We see people every day on the way to church today. I saw people with signs saying, I'm hungry. I work for food. One word always catches me with those signs. When a person say, I'm hungry. I always got to keep an apple 
orange, some in the car. I'm hungry. In America, nobody should be hungry. But sometimes we'll cry our best to ignore that that person is not there. That sign is not there. But they're there. They're there. And Jesus said, as much as you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you do it to me. And much. I give them an orange or apple, I give them a crack. The one crack that always been a blessing is called the Roman roll. The Roman roll. Like Brother Zell said, he go out and witness the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. That's all he need. That's all he need when he go out. But God laid on each one of us. We all can be ministers. We all are ministers. What a minister is, we meet the need of people. We meet the need of hurting people. We meet the need of someone in the hospital. We meet the need of someone that's in need. We all are ministers in that respect. We can do our arm like this, say, not there, not me. I read once that when a person folds his arm, I don't want to be bothered. Are we like that today? And Jesus still speaks today. He still speaks to our heart today. When the pastor preached the word, the word going to you, Jesus still speaks today. He still speaks to us. He said, he said, receive sinners and eat with them. Jesus, Jesus got into the gutter. He went where they was at. He ate with them. He was there with them. If we're going to reach a lost world, we got to go where they at. I have one, several people at Walmart. Going through the line, they gave him a crack, and that's when they know Jesus Christ. From the time they got my order, I got a chance to get a plan of salvation to them. Just in that moment, and I went back a few weeks later, later, were waving a hand, hey, 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 pastor, they read the crack. Said, said, said the proud end of the crack. If you mean it, Jesus will come to your heart. Lady said the prayer, and, and Jesus changed the life. I was at a gas station, and one man, one lady there, I gave her a crack. She was having a real bad day. She read the crack, and she put it in a purse, went home. And the next day she had another real bad day. She went home and finished reading the crack. And when I got back, went back to the gas station, a couple of weeks later, the lady said, Jesus Christ, I read that. Pastor, I was waiting, waiting, and waiting for you to come through the door to tell you 
that Christ is in my heart. See, Jesus had to go where they at. One can make a difference in a person's life. Each one of us here are special to God. Each one have a purpose in their life. God didn't save you. He saved you for a purpose. You weren't just born again. You were born into the family of God. You're a child of God. Your name are written in the Lamb Book of Life. When you receive Jesus, don't listen to this false doctrine. You saved today, you're not saved tomorrow. When you are saved, you are saved. Jesus is in your heart. The Bible says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus come in, your heart. It said, he spoke a parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if one of them be lost, will he not go out looking for that one sheep? If one sheep go astray, will he not go and find that one sheep? You might say, well, pastor preached to a whole congregation. Billy Graham preached to millions of people. Paul preached to many. But one sheep, one sheep. If you just reach one for Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, church, the first time you went to a person, that don't mean Going to get saved. Sometimes you have to go back. Sometimes you have to pray for that person. That God will change it all. But don't give up on them. One sheep. If you witness to one. The gospel one. The Bible said. There is joy in heaven. Oh one. That repent. Oh one. Repent. One sheep. My wife and I, we travel sometimes and God opened doors for us to speak. Not going to gym with tons of young people. But we was in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we know what he gained. All of me together. And they met in a house. In a big, in a big room in the house. About 40 Seven of 48 gang members was in the house. So I got my Bible and I was holding it up like this. I was walking through there to speak to the gang and had my wife by the hand and we went in the center of them to speak to them, to shadow the word of God. See, church, those gang members is somebody's son. It's somebody's son. Those gang members were. One of them was my son. And he was the head leader. Those gang members were. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible said the word God is a two-edged sword. It cut the heart. And I shared 
Jesus Christ. And I spoke on born again and the blood. They gave me about 20 minutes. And about 31 of them, I asked if anybody here would like to receive Christ. Many of them bowed their head and said the sinner's prayer and asked Jesus to come to their heart. But let me tell you, church, see, that wasn't the end of the story. But Adam had warrants on them. Well, they had done the wrong thing. All of them, every one of them, they had warrants. They were on the run from the police. They went and turned themselves in. Some of them during prison time right now. And one of them was my son. They're doing prison time right now. But they were repentant of their sin. I put great emphasis on repent. What repent means. It's not when you walk out the door. I know people in the church. When the church is over, they walk out and put a cigarette in their mouth. On this church step, walk out and talking about somebody else. But see, these young men, they repented. And they gave their heart to Jesus. And they still called me from prison. So I want to meet with you when I get out. See, Jesus, that stony heart, that hard heart, that sick heart, that troubled heart, that violent heart. Jesus can change it. Some of them going to Bible study three times a day because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did. What Jesus did. I'm going to tell you, when I first went through the door with my wife, I felt uncomfortable. Not no, she did. That's why I kept holding her hand tight, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm well with you. But when I opened my mouth and shared Jesus Christ, I said, the devil, where our God is, that's an empty tomb. Jesus not there anymore. He's alive. He's what two or three are gathered together. Jesus did it. He can change heart. I went to the gym. All the young people. Yeah, how many young people get shot across this country? We don't know what to do. The White House don't know what to do. The Senate don't know what to do. It's all in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to share the gospel. The Bible says, redeem the time. Don't waste it. I don't want to hear about all that foolishness. Redeem the time. Jesus can make a difference in a person's life. Our one man, he encouraged me. His name was Walt Disney. I worked for Walt Disney 
That's where I retired from. I went to Florida, and I was walking through Walt Disney, and I saw how big it was. All of the people come from all over the world just to see Walt Disney. And I saw one of his plaques on the wall. It said, one can make a difference in people's life. You can make a difference in someone's life. You can make a difference in someone's life. When a person knows Jesus Christ, the Bible said, they rejoice in heaven. The brother said, oh, one sinner, they repent. They joy in heaven. Oh, that's one that repent. That joy in heaven. If one sinner repent, that joy in heaven. Oh, one. Then this man, he had two sons in verse 11. It says, a certain man had two sons, and the youngest of them Said to the father, Father, give me the portion of good that fought before me. He had two sons. The youngest son wanted to leave home. Church, our young boys in trouble today. But let me tell you, they they're not just been in trouble. The devil come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why the devil come. The devil always been trying to get young man. You remember when Pharaoh was? He declared that the firstborn would, be, would die. Pharaoh declared that always the devil after young man. How did people save them? Put the blood on their door. And death passed by. So this man had two young sons. And the devil come to steal, to kill, and destroy. You remember Job had seven sons, three daughters. And devil went up to God. So that, have you considered your servant Job? Tuck away his children. Church, I'm going to tell you something. When someone messes with your children, it hits you right here. It won't have to be your children. It could be somebody's children that you know. You could see a family on TV lost their daughter or their child. It's going to hit you right here. You don't want nobody to mess with your children. The devil always been after our children to take them away from us. He came for Job's children in, in Las Vegas, New York, California, Chicago. The devil got signs up. I want your children, your daughter. As a prostitute, I want your son to be homeless. I want your son to be an alcoholic. 
devil got signs up. He want our children. Transgender. The devil after our children. When the last time you hugged your daughter, your son? Do you know who your daughter, best friend are? Your son? See, we had our granddaughter not long ago. She was abducted. She'd been taken away. And it's been a pain with my wife. See, you got these guys out here. Every eight seconds, FBI said, every eight seconds, somebody trying to abduct your child. They, every eight seconds, they're trying to take your children away from them. But thank God I'm communicating with her. I'm trying to get her back home. But what I'm saying, the devil trying to take our children. He's trying to do it in many ways. We came down here. I had a van full of infant clothes to get a lady over Shade Creek who had babies. That's what Shade Creek is for. I went to protest at an abortion clinic. People rejoicing. Glory in having an abortion, taking a pill. The devil crying his best. This young boy wanted to leave home to go into the world. And let me tell you, church, I want you to listen very carefully. I have said this myself. This can never happen to my family. But it's closer than you think. Closer than you think. Our children are precious. The Bible says, forbid not the little children to come to me. The little children. Jesus loved little children. A pastor, a wife, our church loved little children. But this man had two sons. My son got ready to go to the prom. See, you have to teach a young boy. I had to teach him how to tie a tie. Don't teach say sex. Teach no sex until you're married. Until you're married. That's what the message that we are teaching. But only, only Jesus Christ and change it hard. We got to get to them. Get to them while they're young, while their heart is innocent. We got to get to them with the gospel. How could we, we might be a, a Democrat, we might be a Republican, but how could we not love children? How can we say that abortion is okay? No matter what party we are, it's a sin in God's eyesight. It's murder. It's murder. People ask sometimes when they go through state statement like that, I'm Bible. What? How do you stand on that? I stand Bible. 
I stand in the word. That's how I stand. This man had two sons. The youngest one wanted to leave home. He wanted to go out into the world. How many young people we meet today, church? Some of them 16, 18, 19, 20, out on the street, sleeping on the street corner, dropped out of high school. How many young people? I, we was in, I, in a Lofton. I was at a restaurant eating with my granddaughter, and two young people walked into McDonald's. The little boy was 16. Little girl was 13. They walked in to, to McDonald's and said, Sir, will you buy something to eat? I said, Where are your parents at? The mother drove all the way from Finney, dropped them off in Lofton, and drove back. And when she got back home, changed her phone number. If we don't get to them, if we don't get to them, church, I know that little girl will answer. I had to get some protection for her and that little boy. I can see the wolves come. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion. He wants to devour. He wants to take your children, our children from her. You know, when times are weak, it's all our children. And my wife wasn't feeling good today, but she never said, don't go and preach. Don't, you know, she always said, you go, I'm okay. Children, you're special. You're special. You're special to God. You're special. Jesus Christ got his hands. See, young boy went out, the Bible said, he, he said, this young boy went out, took his portion of good before him, and divided unto them his living. If I was to call this subject a wonderful father, a wonderful father, a lost son, some said the prodigal son, son of ways, it said, not many days after, the youngest son got together all out together and took a his journey into a fat country, and there wasted his circumstance with rowdy living. Everything the father had gave him, he wasted it all with rowdy living. Everything. He was at ground zero. Nothing left. Reached in his pocket, nothing now. Couldn't call a friend. Nothing now. This time, he's homeless. He can't pay a bill. He out on the street corner. Don't have nothing. He had a sound mind when he left home. But he's searching, you get out there too deep 
into it. You don't think wrestling. I read once there's a phrase called aimless. You're walking, but I don't have no direction where I'm going. Make bad decisions. It wasn't his choice. It wasn't the father's choice for him to be homeless. It was his choice to go out and waste everything. His choice. We have to be careful with choices we make. Something we learned from home. Mom always told us the first thing you pay is your rent. If you make a dollar, save a dime. You know, that's a home remedy. Always got to keep a roof over your head. Keep some food in your refrigerator. It helps your, your thinking to be better. Your life. This man, when he lost everything, he found himself in a pen where the pigs lived at. Can you imagine he out there feeding the, the pigs and he down feeding the pig the slop. See, pigs eat anything. They're not like other animals. They don't have veins in the body. They can eat poison. It's not going to hurt them. He out there with the pigs. Can you imagine he out there in the pig pen and he down looking at the pigs and the pigs looking at him? Can you imagine what he was thinking? I can imagine he was saying, well, in himself, back home, that's a clean bed to sleep in. Back home, there's love in the family. Back home, there's food to eat. Back home, there's love to eat. The Bible says, but when this young man came to himself, when he came to himself, see, when you're out there so far, you got to come to yourself. In church, I must say this, uh, many people that we witness, we see them a couple of weeks later, or a month later, when Christ come into that heart, he changed their life. Their appearance changed. Their walk changed. They got joy. Their oppression is gone. Depression is gone. Their guilt is gone. When Christ come in, when Christ come into y'all. This young man, when he came to himself, he wanted to go back home. When he came to himself, Go back home. I mean, no church. That's a good place, home. Ain't no wood like home. That's a good wood. I mean, a lot of you from other states, my town, we from Georgia. We going home, you can go to anybody's house and eat. That's home. When you get a Hug back home, you got a hug. When you get a handshake, you got a handshake. 
back home. Now imagine this young man, when he came to himself, he wanted to go home. He wanted to come back home. Church, let me tell you something. Even as a Christian, Paul said once, said, I will hinder to come to you. That stumbling block, the devil put in front of a Christian. Sometimes we got to come back home. Sometimes out in the world, we can lose that joy. Get too much television. We can lose that joy. Listen to too many old worldly phone calls. We can lose that joy. It's time to come back home. Come back to Jesus Christ. The Bible said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't have no strength if you don't have joy. That's our strength. The joy of the Lord. We're not too young to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're not too old. God called Abraham. He was 99 years old. Moses was 80 when he led the children of Israel to tell, share Jesus Christ. If we don't know, we don't have a crack, tell somebody your testimony, how you receive Christ. Tell them. What it says in the, in the book of Luke, that's room. That's room. That's room. That word compelled them to come. That word, I looked in the original language, it said, with urgency. Tomorrow not promise. With urgency, compel them to come to Jesus Christ. Compel them to come. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to tell you, that's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. When you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart. There been, there been no regret, no turning back. I, I used to make a a lot of money when I was in the world, but I would give it up all for right now. See, when you got Jesus, a little mean much in God's kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Come to Jesus today. He's waiting for you today. If Pop were here today, you know what Pop would say? If he was doing an altar call, he would say, come to Jesus. He would say, come. Because he had a better place. A better place. Streets of gold. No more tears. No more crying. No more doctors. No more worry. Come to Jesus today. What more can I do? We could come today. Give it all to Jesus Christ. I went to one church, 80% of people 
were in the church, had guns, bring the church with them. Fear is supposed to grip us, but not like that. We aren't supposed to be like this. We're in the house of God. Come to Jesus. See, Jesus laid a red carpet out here. Everyone to come. To come to him. He said, well, Pastor, it's something on my heart. I know that everything in my life not turned over to him. See, one day I had to come down to the altar. So, Lord, here I am. I give it all to you. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I'm yours. I'm paid for and bought for with a price. You are paid for. You are bought with a price. You're not your own. You've been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. By Jesus' blood. So I'm going to ask you today, everyone to stand.